You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. I think it's great. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. I love it. I love you guys. You're listening to the Hopped Up Network. You're listening to the Pints and Provisions podcast with Evan, Mark, Ryan, and Dan. You're listening to the Pints and Provision Podcast with Evan, Mark, and Dan. Oh, I forgot to... I can't remember. Okay, one more. Two, two, two. Ice fire. <laughs> well, actually, we've got some... Alright kids, here we go. Uh, Pints and Provisions, this is Evan. I am joined with Brian, our southern foodie. Hello, hello. And Mark. Hey. Uh, we're missing Ryan tonight. He was on the docket, but he has childcare tonight to tend to, so bless him and uh, good luck to you, my friend. Maybe He'll, raise a glass to him as well. We'll also and raise a glass. We'll, we'll raise a glass to Daniel as well. <laughs> we missed Daniel the other weekend. Yes, we did. We missed him, but we gave him enough crap for it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, our topic for tonight, uh, we're going to have a little lagering episode, but uh, as we love to share beers of the week, uh, let's start with Mark. You can go ahead and go first, my friend. All right. Uh, my beer of the week was from Noon Whistle in Lombard, Illinois. Dan's backyard. Yes. I like it. It's probably like 10 minutes from his house. Uh, Gummy Vortex. It's a it's one of their uh, New England style IPAs. Uh, I believe it was done with Simcoe and Citra hops, weighed in at about seven and a half percent. Just a fantastic um, representation. So they they kind of have that whole gummy series, yep. and you know they're just really always loaded with real juicy tropical flavors, and it's just uh, I think they're doing a very good job there of those. Yeah, I know Dan always speaks big praises of them, and so if you're going to go up to that part of Chicago, hit up that, hit up more, and you'll probably find yourself to be a very happy beer guy. Yep. Brian? All right, so mine would be uh, the Southern Grist out of Nashville, their third anniversary uh, triple dry hopped double IPA (laughs) with, I'm reading off this, with Nelson Salvant. Barbie Rouge and Citra Hops. And this was, yeah, I don't know. Do you know anything about Barbie Rouge? No, I don't. I've never heard of that. Uh, That's straight off untapped. Nice. Untapped wouldn't lie to us. Never. Um, And it was one of those, I mean, you know, Southern Grist, they're known for doing, you know, pretty solid, well, pretty solid everything. Um, But that may have been the first IPA I've had from from those guys. And and it was one of those, you're like, all right, you pour it out. You've had a lot of Haze IPA. And every once in a while you get one. It's like, oh. So that's what I felt. Um, And then another into the podcast spartan and said he maybe i think he texted us today maybe the best ipa or hazy ipa that's come out of nashville which uh yeah high wow. praise from yeah that that's guy. some high praise yeah yeah everyone everyone's everyone uh, everyone needs to know about the good hazies that come from nashville because not everyone immediately thinks of haze and nashville but when you've got places like southern grist and places like um 
Bearded uh, Iris. Bearded Iris. Yeah. I keep wanting to say Bearded Owl. Bearded Iris. They made... Bearded Owl also has good. <laughs> <laughs> which which we just enjoyed, the Astral Haze. Yeah, we're drinking that right now. Uh, 7.4 ABV, another one of their kind of New England uh, Northeastern style IPAs. Yeah. You had that on Saturday. It sounds like they're pretty yeah. excited and they, they, they like this version. Yep. So I... I had some time to go. We had a we had a fundraiser event to go to, kind of a black tie event. And my wife was getting pampered and getting her hair done and makeup and everything. So I was like, "Hey, opportunity!" <laughs> you know, the kids were with grandma and grandpa, so I'm like, mm, "I'm going to the brewery." <laughs> so hung out down there just for a little bit. Um, had this on draft there, loved it. So I decided to grab a crowler of it. I appreciate that. Um, also, just a note, real quick, uh, they did have their bourbon barrels on a rack in there so i'm yes. like i'm excited about that they were from wild turkey so i'll be excited to see what they're going to do with those yeah and they got a new uh conical fermenter i think if you follow them on social media they had to basically cut a larger hole into their kitchen to fit <laughs> it in there and i think it was like twice the size yeah of, yeah yeah i think he sent me a picture saying like i don't know how to get this and i was like just cut a hole out of that wall <laughs> yeah, I think you that's just what make they did. it fit yeah. so they did so well yeah excited about that well, well, since we're doing a lager and we're talking bearded owl, I, yeah. I, I was impressed with their their most recent uh, their lager. I, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, I had job. that as well. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, I'm looking so, forward to that post yard work. Whenever we start doing yard work around here in July, it, it, that, right it will that beer never was, happen. That was very unique for me because that beer was kind of fun to watch uh, the progress of that. Because I'd stop and I'd be like. Hey PJ, how how's hey, it Nick, going? How's it going? They're like, you want to try it? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> so I I got to try it like three or four different times during you know the lagering process and everything, and it, it was very cool to see that thing progress. And Nick's just like, it's not it's not ready not yet. there, it's not, not there, not it's there, not, not there. there. And then it's like, boom, yeah. So very good. I'm not going to break a tradition here. It sounds like with the um, hazy IPA being our favorite beer of the week, but this was Half Acre Dungeons. Um, they have not half acre, but untapped listed as a IPA American, although it does have, you know, a hazy quality to it, but it's an IPA brewed with Waimea, Mosaic and Galaxy had it at Poor Brothers. I mean, it was kind of the right beer at the right time at that day. Um, very good, very fruity, tropical. Um, it had good bitterness, which sometimes the hazy IPAs don't have. So mm-hmm. it kind of reminded you of, uh, before they were just juice bombs, but yep. it still had some good bitterness to it. So. Cheers to Hefaker up in Chicago for pr- putting that out. Um, well, it's lager time, and this is sort of the the, the brewer's beer. Lagers, uh, pilsners, uh, things like that tend to be the kinds of beers that most brewers want to drink because if you want to drink a lot more often... This wild is, brewing. Wild brewing. This is a style that you can sip on, and you're not going to lose productivity in the meantime. Blow your palate, I and to note, uh, Evan, I think you're the one that kind of explained this to me with your brewing background. You know, growing up, you just think, oh, since lagers are everywhere and, you know, a lot, a lot of the large, dom- you know, domestic beers are of that lager family that you just think, oh, it must be a really easy beer to brew. But actually, uh, it's one of the uh, harder beers to brew, correct? Um, in terms of uh, myself personally, I've never tried, although... Um, my good friend, Mark, I can get another bottle there, um, down in St. Louis, who's a seasoned home brewer has definitely tried, tried an American style lager and very difficult to replicate, but this is a German style Pilsner by urban chestnut brewing company down in St. Louis called Stamich. 
Um, and it's a traditional German style Pilsner. I think they do a lot of very traditional German style beers. Uh, Brian, we've been down to their, one of their locations. Yep. They have a couple locations down there, but, um, this sort of dovetails nicely into the, at least topic related to urban chestnut that we want to bring up, which is basically customer service. So you might be able to kind of start off and I'm going to go grab another one of these and kind of still tell, tell us how the story started. Brian. All right. Well, this is, this is Evan's story, but we were bank, thanks to the tech stream. And one thing we kind of struggle with as we were talking here, here in Peoria is finding fresh beer. That's not hazy basically um, in Peoria. And so, you know, as any normal person does, uh, Evan's looking for a, you know, a, a Tuesday night beer. Goes and grabs some urban chestnut from the local uh, local grocery store. Doesn't check the date because you're thinking, ah, it's urban chestnut, reasonably local, won't have a problem. Gets home and then, you know, looks at the bottom of his uh, his canner's bottle or whatever and notices that he just picked up two-year-old, basically. Um, yep. Mm. <laughs> Lager. 2017. Yeah. So uh, sends a text, you know, Evan's angry text start flying, um, which is fair. Well, I think he was just kind as of angry as they I can think, get. Like yeah. at first, he just kind of vented to like you know us, yeah. to us, you know, like oh man, can you believe this? And then I, and from my prior experiences, like thanks to Facebook Messenger, a lot of these like smallish companies, well, and they're not small, but you know, you can contact them through uh, Facebook Messenger, and I've had success with restaurants and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, hmm, I'll te- I'll Facebook message Urban Chestnut. Within an hour, you know, I just said, hey, you know, by the way, being down there, you know, they don't want to have two-year-old beer sitting on the shelf, right? No. You're almost like doing them a favor. Sure. So send, right. them a, send them a note. I would want to know. Yeah, If absolutely. that was me, I would, want, yeah. I would want to know. And so within an hour, they're like, yeah, have your buddy, you know, send us an email at this and let us know where he got it and yada, yada, yada. You'll handle it exactly like you would want someone to handle it, I yep. think. And so then there yep. you go. And then at that point, um, whoever I, I was told in... By by the folks there uh, on Facebook Messenger who to contact, send an email out. Happened to mention that I had a podcast. I mean, just <laughs> as like sort of a secondary idea, but like, hey, I know uh, you guys don't want this stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I f- I figured this was an opportunity for them too, and they hit it out of the park. They were like, no way that should happen. We're going to get in touch with the distributor. We're going to get in touch with the local establishment that was selling it. We're going to replace this, but. Let us know your address. We're going to send you guys some fresh beer uh, for your podcast because we know that that's important to you. And they did, and they they sent me a twelve pack. We got German pilsners. We got a a, a, a Dunkel Lager. We've got a, a American Lager. We've got another German Lager. I mean, they sent they sent me a twelve pack of super fresh uh, lagers. And this one is fresh and delicious. It is like exactly what you want on a hot day. When you want to crush a bunch of beers and not feel the effect of it, at least till you've had, you know, too many. I mean, yeah. these this is like your perfect Pilsner. Mm-hmm. 5.4%. It's got that good Pilsner, or what you would call it, bite or flavor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, lager is a tradition, um, traditional style. I mean, when you look at the dichotomy of beer, you basically have ales and lagers. Most beer are made um, as an ale, which means that the yeast typically ferments at a higher temperature. You're looking at high 60s, low 70s, unless you get into the weird Belgians, which we've, Mark, we've experienced my (laughs) attempt at an 80 to 85 degree ferment. But anyway, um, lagers tend to be in the more, like the range of in the 50s. 
mm-hmm. um, and they take longer. Um, lagering was a technique that basically you stored it much colder and the yeast still happily ate away and it took longer, but you get a more clean, bright, effervescent kind of beer. Considerably longer, correct? Oh, months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? You're talking months. Yeah. 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 So they tend to be these more clear, bubbly, um, clean, crisp, um, easy drinking, easy drinkers. So that's, that's where the lagers come from. And then ales... IPAs are ales. Stouts are typically ales. Most of the beers that we all know are ales. Probably because uh, <clears throat> your, your your smaller craft breweries need a quicker turnaround time, right? Until you're established, it's really hard to put that much uh, investment into a beer that's going to have to sit for a long time. So out of the gate, I think you see a lot of ales and stuff like that that are just oh, yeah. a, a quick turnaround. So a question for the beer the brewer here so we were t- since we were talking hazy ipas and immediately when you talk a hazy ipa you start rattling off the hops you use right yep but what's different or interesting about lagers or pilsners or whatever is that y- you know they're not going to put like oh we used whatever hop on this right it's not necessarily your focus no no they're usually like old world hops like says and um like noble hops what you call yep. the noble hops so they don't have a lot of fruit quality to that they're more bitter um, they tend to have more earthy, bitter qualities than they do fruity, tropical, uh, piney qualities, uh, less floral. I mean, they're just basically there to sort of stabilize and um, balance, balance the beer out rather than be the, the forefront. Yep. The forefront on these are basically the malt and the yeast. Yeah. Okay. I want to hang out and grill and drink this beer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I'm... I'm itching for like a nice warm day now. It's it was Should we negative. Mention it was negative two. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. negative two this morning, yeah. and so I'm a little depressed on that. But this beer makes me feel better. I'm well, smiling on the inside. And of course, like and Brian <laughs> knows, and he would have done just the same thing. It's like when I go to our local places to buy bottles, Urban Chestnut is one of the, I would call it local yep. places that makes great lagers, yeah. German traditional styles that you can easily get on the shelf. And that was what was so disappointing about finding old ones. And I, I, I really put um, a lot of credit here to Urban Chestnut for making it right very quickly. And I guarantee if you went back to uh, hy V to look at what was on their shelf now for Urban Chestnut, you'd find a lot of fresh beers. Yeah. And, and don't just take our word for it. I meant to mention this. So Paste Magazine, they've got a guy, I think his name's Jim Vorrell, that does some good, like, beer tastings or whatever mm-hmm. and did one of like American lagers. And, uh, I think it was, uh, Zwickle or Zwickle. Zwickle. Yeah. Zwickle finished like second in their ranking of, you know, us wide yeah. lagers or whatever. So. That, that thing is like a lawnmower crushing <laughs> beer, hot days. I mean, that's like, Hey, the NCAA tournament's on and I want to get a six pack. Mm-hmm. Like that is going to make you happy. Yep. That is going to kind of fall right into that zone. My, uh, my introduction to Urban Chestnut was a few years ago at the uh, Peoria Oktoberfest. They actually had their their oh, yeah, Oktoberfest right. beer on draft. It's great. I'd never never had it before, and I was like, I'm going to try that. That that looks great, and I was I was really impressed. Yeah, and down in St. Louis, you know, you go down there. They, I mean, they they serve it in half or you know, liter you know mugs. So, have you been to both locations, Brian? I've not. I've just been to the one. The one that we went to with um, a group of friends. Yep. And it was nice enough. We were outdoors. They got picnic tables. They've got schnitzel and uh, worsts. Yeah. Lots of worsts. 
uh, available. So they're they're very into the traditional style. Now the other location that I've been to with my friend Mark down there is a is more of an indoor, but it's a huge like beer hall where they have very very long picnic tables, same kind of food. And it's, it's like, it's just such an inviting atmosphere. We can sit down next to somebody you don't know and have a conversation because of the way they, it's kind of a community feel community table kind of thing. And and it's great. Like all their beers are just coming fresh off the line. And that's why I, I am so glad that they made this right because not only does it seem like they care a lot about what we have to say about having a fresh beer on the shelf, but it's so good fresh that mm-hmm. you yeah. don't want it any other way. You, you had a good point earlier as we were talking uh, beforehand about if somebody walks into somewhere and gets yeah a, a beer that's not fresh, like someone well, who doesn't it, drink craft beer, like, oh, my, all right, I'm going to branch out. Oh, there's a, I like Pilsner. Yeah, my point was it, it, it's upsetting for, for someone that really enjoys craft beer and talks about it and, and tries to persuade a lot of people that I know that are your traditional domestic drinkers. Be like, man, you just need to try this. This is... And no, 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 they, they don't want to do it. Then all of a sudden, maybe someone has a change of heart. They walk into a store and they, they say, fine, I'm going to try a craft beer. And they grab an IPA that's two years old or, <laughs> right. or, you know, it's like, and they're like, this is awful. I'm never, I'm going back to my domestic. That just kind of, it makes me mad because it's like, it just is such a disservice to what the craft beer industry is all about. Yeah. I'll never forget. I was at a a church function, and at the church function, they they you, you know right. All right, you already kind of know. Um, and so they had you know Bud Light or your craft option was Sierra Nevada Torpedo. So being the guy that would be on a beer podcast, I chose the Sierra Nevada Torpedo, which was like two years old mm-hmm. and atrocious. You know, like Sierra Nevada Torpedo, fresh, pretty solid church beer, right? Two year old <laughs> Torpedo church beer. Oh, whoa. Again, that was like a barley wine. You know? <laughs> it was not good. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. The the IPA, uh, the process of that, wasn't that... I mean, we love our fresh IPAs, yeah. but wasn't that originally uh, intended to be able to hold up longer for the... The uh, British, yeah, to go for, to... For the trade. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine how bitter those Oh, were. man. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, like they the 100 IBU clubs. Yeah, right. <laughs> It tasted like a bell hop slam when they left, and then it tasted like a, uh, you know, a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale when it showed up. Oh man! So the next one that we're gonna give it a try because this is a uh, Bavarian style Dunkel Lager. So Dunkel just means dark. Um, the Dorf Beer by Urban Chestnut again, another one of their um, freshies that they sent. Historically, Dunkel Lagers were originally original everyday beers in Munich and the surrounding Bavaria villages with a dark amber colored Dorf beer or what translates as to village beer, for those of you that don't speak German, utilizes Munich malt and a slight amount of roasted malt to create a smooth, easy-drinking, slightly toasty lager. So, cheers to that. Um, Bearded Owl, didn't they just bring Who's Your Dunkel back? Yep. Round round two of Who's always, Your Dunkel. Always a good one. Yes. Uh, great beer. I think I've said that on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. They really did a good job with that one. Yep. And these come in these um, kind of like medicine bottle styles that are the... Uh, one pint, one point two fluid ounce yep. sizes. Um, I don't think you can find a lot of these bottles in the stores. These might be one of their sizes that is basically brewery only, potentially, or maybe they get it under wide, more wide dis- distribution down in St. Louis. But here we usually get the cans um, from Urban Chestnut. So, are they using just like a, a darker malt or roasting the, those, you know, to get that darker color? Is that basically what, what's yep. happening there? Yep. And I think when, now, 
I have not been to Germany um, begrudgingly, but most um, traditional German breweries and beers basically have a Dunkel lager and like a light lager. So it's basically like a light and dark. They don't really, because under the Reinheitsgebot, basically they can only use the four ingredients. And so they don't have a lot of variation of, you know, what they do make. And they're not big IPA drinkers over there. No. I love this beer too. <laughs> I bet it's really good. No, I mean, I honestly, in my flavor profile, I, I might like this one better than the last one. I'm gonna have to finish my pills in a first. Like you I, can crush that and like be fine. And this is this is still four point eight. Yeah, right in right in the wheelhouse. Yeah, Brian, you're gonna be going there. Uh, by the way, yeah, we want to say happy birthday to Brian. No, thanks. We did get to celebrate yesterday. It's a very monumental birthday for him. We don't have to give any clues, but. Nah monumental for this man i just Um, turned 30 (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna get to go on a birthday trip over to europe and germany is one place you're gonna stop at yeah so um i'll I'll be able to provide a lot more information about munich beers uh here in about a month and leave on the 29th um well that beer trip will be salzburg munich and then belgium um that's so, a beer trip. I guess it's not. It's a vacation that is going to involve a lot of beer. It's called a so, beer ca- no. beer beer cycle cation. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I appreciate that you're going to provide some insight on that trip, but I would really prefer if you provided some beer mail from Europe. <laughs> we, we will. <laughs> we will try to do that. No, I think here. No, I got it. Beer ca- le tour de beer cation. Because it does involve fair. cycling. Right. Right. Yep. Which, you know, is a passion of Brian's. And it makes it yep. sound fancier. Yeah, and it, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. La, la yeah. Tour de Bircation. So I'll throw in some, given the little bit slash a lot of research I've done about Munich, I think it's kind of super interesting, or Germany and that area of Munich, of, of Germany, Bavaria, is kind of interesting from a beer perspective because Munich, obviously, major town. Mm-hmm. But Munich itself is just dominated by... The, the six big breweries. Which are the ones still that are official Oktoberfest beers? Correct. Yep, you are correct. And you got Lohenbrau, Polliner, Hofbrau. Um, Spaten. Spaten may be in there. I, I don't know if they're there. Uh, I should have uh, uh, researched this before. Hacker I Shore? I think so. Hacker Shore. The interesting thing of those six, so one's owned, Lohenbrau is owned by AB and Bev, and you've got two of them are owned by Heineken. Uh, Hofbrau is owned by the state of Bavaria. Augustiner would be one that I forgot. Okay. So Augustiner would be, or Augustiner probably would be the one that's that private is the closest thing to, you know. Private. I think Hacker Shore is still independently owned. It may I be, think. or they, or it may be, they may have been sucked into the Heineken conglomerate. <laughs> into the remember. vortex of. Yep. But anyway, so what's kind of interesting is is since I've done this trip or whatever is as of right now we're going to avoid all of those yet still hit like five different places. Is these is the craft beer scene in Munich. Uh, is even is kind of in its infancy. So Geisinger and uh, and Tillman's are the places that we'll kind of hit. Oh, and I'm, the hotel we're staying at's owned by Eyinger, so gonna hit, oh, hit nice. that up. Yep. But then outside of Munich, like and you say outside, it's 30 miles would be Eyinger, and then there's a Index, a monastery, and then you've got Bomberg, Germany, about mm. an hour north of Munich that you get into in a town of 200,000 people. There's like I don't know 50 or 100 breweries or something like that. Kind of get that normal, oh, you know, every, every yeah. corner there's a brewery. Yeah. Which in Munich, you've got six major ones, but you go to a smaller town, you've got 50. Yeah. So, uh, Hackershore, I just looked this up. Brow Holding International is the owning company of Hackershore, which was founded in 2002 with Shore Gruber, uh, Unter Hemmen Gruber, 
<laughs> owning 50.1% in Heineken, owning 49.9%. Uh-huh. I bet that is not by accident that yeah, those percentages right. are there. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, I think that's going to be an awesome trip. Not only are you going to get plenty of celebration for a monumental birthday, but yeah. uh, time with good friends, time just, with beer, and time with cycling. Yeah, and just sightseeing. It. I mean, yeah. just unbelievable yeah. things to yeah. see there. We'll do a wrap-up episode. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'd love to hear about and it. And it's kind of, you know, as you look at going there, it kind of, I think as of right now, my focus is going to be on just kind of your straight-up normal German styles. You can get some, you know, some companies are doing some hazy stuff over there that you have to kind of go out of your way to get. If I run across one. That'd be I'd interesting to taste a German That's what I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try to get, you know, a couple just to see. There, there's some guys doing it over there. You, yeah. yeah. Brau Gruber is the one that seems Brau to be. Gruber. Yeah. I'm going to. Knowing you, you're probably going to search out some uh, Belgians as well. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. Been, I haven't had to do the reason since I've got a buddy who lives there. He's done all the. He's know, done all the hard yeah. work for you. Like, Cantillon, Fontaine next weekend. Jeez. Oh, oh. What, what do you think of this beer, Evan? I actually might like this better than the uh, the German think, Pilsner. I I, so I do personally. Yeah, those uh, those guys over at uh, Urban Chestnut were really easy to, to communicate with. So, you know, if you're someone who seeks out these guys and you find some stuff on yourself, not to say like this is a way to get free beer, but I'm telling you like their customer service. And I think that's important, especially when you're in craft beer now, when there's 7,000 craft breweries mm-hmm. uh, out there, not everyone is going to make good beer. Not everyone is going to be as good at customer service and you know, these guys are definitely uh, making great beer and uh, doing it uh, doing it the right way to help customers out. But isn't that fair to say if you see a brewery and you, you get a bottle that's clearly way out of date with, well, let's say it's a Firestone Walker, Urban Chestnut, somebody, somebody who cares, let them know somehow. Yeah. Without well, being a, it's, you know, it's be interesting. Um, a while back, I was in Ohio. I'm not going to name uh, the brewery, but picked up uh, what was supposed to be really, actually, I had it. Uh, at the source on on draft and it was phenomenal mm-hmm. and they had uh 16 ounce cans to go and i brought some home i was really excited to share it with the guys and we we cracked these things and it was off color and oxidized and everything else and i was like i wasn't looking for anything but just just being a, a business owner myself i i would want to know these things right you know it's like if something if i have a customer that's not happy i want to know right. about it um, I wasn't looking for anything in return, but I, I emailed them just saying like, Hey guys, just thought maybe you'd want to know that there might yeah. be something going on. Um, grab these, they're fresh. I mean, I bought them two days ago and these things are gray and oxidized and off flavored. And, uh, honestly, yeah. I never heard back from them <laughs> and I was just like, I wasn't looking for anything, but it, no. it would have been nice. Like, I think if they would have been like. Hey, thanks for the input. Appreciate it. We're working on it. You know, uh, maybe they took that and ran with it, but I think a little feedback would be would be nice. I think but, feedback either way is really good. Yeah. And the places that want to get better will respond and um, appropriate depending on whether. I mean, they, it shouldn't matter whether it's positive or negative. Sure. So. But I just you know I just as a fan of craft beer, I thought I was doing them a favor, just being like, yeah, hey. Fantastic right. beer on draft. You got an issue with your canning. Right. Yeah. Um, Brian also uh, got to go down to Nashville with our friend Spartan um, and went to the Southern Grist three-year anniversary party. Yes. Quite a big event. Yeah. 
Yeah, they had, I mean, they sold out a thousand, I'm going to, this off the top of my head, a thousand people, 65 different breweries. Um, wow. some, some of the, you know, some, you had some big names. I mean, Jay Wickfield, Aslan was there. Um, some folks like that. Uh, really nice setup. I mean, I feel like I shill for Nashville every time I come in. But uh, again, I mean, you should go there. One thing about Southern Grist is talking to my buddies who live there as far as a, a brewery in Nashville, especially if they're only three years old, that pretty much any style that they make is going to be is going to be very good like they've kind of got you know we've talked about beard iris on this before they yeah. do straight haze and they, they've kind of got that um got that down but i mean southern grist has got you know the the, the haze their their stouts are good they've got a, we've got a barley wine over here that uh, some friends have said is really is really good i haven't had yet um so this is something to focus on um thinking about the 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 festival good beers that you have sometimes those festivals it's one of those where you have so much or what or whatever that they all kind of run together so i'm trying to think of the ones that that really hit me jam the radar which was from aslan i believe jam the radar is from bottle logic there you go sorry bottle logic thank you sorry aslan um was very very good i like that that it was kind of nice you kind of walk in there right there it's like Mm -hmm. what that's a good start to a beer festival yeah seriously (laughs) well they Um, obviously got some street cred if they're bringing in uh, friends like that, Bottle yeah. Logic, Jay Wigfield, Aslan. Yep, for you sure. Know, obviously, those are some big. There's names. some respect there going around. Yeah. Was this event like uh, just just because I want to know uh, indoor outdoor combination? Yeah, fortunately they they had a, a combination, but but they had a tent. The weather in Nashville it uh, they actually flooded down there, but we got okay. lucky. They, they I don't know they made an offering to the gods and got a four hour period where it didn't rain. Okay, uh, too hard, and so they had a tent. I mean, it was one of those where they cram everybody into sure. their tap room, their warehouse, a tent out in the parking lot, but it all worked. It all ended up being. Um, uh, very manageable it's i think there was one point you're like oh it's a bit of a crowd but then you know you get the people who have been in line for two hours and they've got you know they hit the, the three or four they want and then they're done and then everything else gets super manageable and food it's kind of everything you'd want you know you've got some pretty good food there some food trucks um some name breweries and then some that you hadn't heard of that you can kind of kind of try out as well as you know southern grist is going to put some good stuff on so um it was a good good trip yeah, man sounds like a lot of fun yeah um so which of these three are you most excited to want to crack? Because uh, you brought like a triple chocolate. You got a, a a barley wine. You got an adjuncted barley wine. I mean, you pick. Let's see. Let's do the uh, the base. The, there's well, it's a base. They're, they're stout. Let's do that one. The uh, base the, stout? The, the base barley the wine. The black one. Nope. The, <clears throat> the black matte bottle. That's the barley wine. Nope, not, yeah, yeah. The purple one. Sorry, the purple yeah, label? Yeah, purple one. Yep. Nope, other one. There you, there you go. go. Well done. So this is like, is this the triple chocolate, 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 yeah. chocolate? So to read it, celebrating our third anniversary, we brewed an imperial triple chocolate cake milk stout with co- <laughs> cocoa powder, cacao nibs, Diabetes. chocolate ganache, and vanilla beans. So this is chocolate, 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 and some vanilla. So this could be like, um, what was the, did anybody here have a prop 18 this year? Cause that was like triple chocolate. That was like chocolate syrup flavored beer, but this is not, beer this flavored is not chocolate syrup. Bourbon barrel aged though. Correct. No, I don't think, I don't think it's anything about, uh, okay. that's so that may okay. be one of the, well, I'm okay. just the Ryan prop. would be disappointed. It's not <laughs> bourbon. barrel. No, but I'm just saying like a prop has that. Barrel. We, lo- we love you, Ryan. And this was the base uh, bottle that I bought, but I, I know, and I don't think I, 
I didn't get any of the ones at the uh, at the festival, but they had, of course, multiple variants there at the festival. Makes me. I'm wondering if it's gonna kind of come off like the uh, German chocolate cupcake from Angry Chair. Oh yeah, love that sound. I just have a feeling it's probably not going to be that sweet. I mean, nothing I've ever had has been <laughs> as sweet as that beer. I mean, that was. I just it was too sweet. <laughs> the Imperial chocolate cake, German chocolate. I mean, uh, the barrel aged one, right? Well, I've had it, both. or just any I've, of them. I've had it both, so I mean, they were both just over the top like dessert beers. And if that's what you're going for, that's fine. Some people really like those, but well, I, it's kind of like desserts. There's some desserts I really love, and then other ones like that is so rich I can barely have any of it. Yeah, you know, it's just a little bit will do you. Like a like a like a chocolate ganache is already going to be very uh, um, heavy, and. Uh, you're making quite a cuvee over there. Well, <laughs> going on? You got a podcast, you know. I'm just a guest every once in a while. I'm not <laughs> used to what you guys do over here. We're prof- we're professional drinkers yeah, and right, talkers. Yeah. <laughs> professional talkers for sure. All right. You know, at the end of the night, you have to chug that no, glass. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> if, if it was, a, yeah. Well, we'll, was, we'll take a picture a of. Uh, we'll we'll take a picture of Brian with his uh oh, his dump glass. Let's not do that. It's like the wine spittoon when you go to yeah. to Napa. Yeah. Like that just that just is an offering, you know, to the to the wine gods. So you just let that go. I get like a cherry cordial. Like an alcoholic cherry, like a soaked alcoholic cherry. Is that weird? Like a chocolate? Mm-mm. No. I think almost like a as, think, you know, it smells think, like a I, like a cherry Twizzler. I think sometimes chocolate has that cherry quality to it. Yeah. Especially you had some vanilla in there. Yeah, you're right. I think that probably nailed it if you get like a little, but it doesn't have any cherry in it. It's all chocolate. It's like it's like cacao nibs, cocoa powder, cocoa. Yeah, there's. Um, get on the mic, Mark. So, well, I'm, I get on the mic. <laughs> get, get on the mic. I wish I knew uh, someone that could help me with my eyesight. <laughs> I can't read this bottle. You're getting old. Yeah, I am. Uh, not as old as Brian, though. Oh. oh. Ooh. We have the triple chocolate cake milk stout with uh, cocoa powder, cacao nibs, chocolate ganache, and vanilla beans. Uh, Brian, I think the what? What a, r- remind us chocolate ganache? Like, what are you? Is that? I don't know. I just think that like a. I guess the question is, does it have cherry in it? Am I? I don't know. If you get a chocolate ganache, you feel like you're getting something on Google a dessert it. or something. Yeah, we're gonna have to search that. You know what? In the you remember the age you couldn't do this kind of stuff. Like my kids the other day, were, they saw uh, an encyclopedia set. and They're like, "What's that?" They, they <laughs> my parents have encyclopedias at home, and my my kids are like, "I mean, I bet if I, I if I put that in front of one of my kids, he would just sit there and read it because yeah. he's that he's, he's yeah that much of a book nerd." It just makes you think like. Would our kids ever be able to look up something in the card catalog index or on Microfish or something? You don't think your kids are going to ever know the Dewey Decimal System? No. Oh. Well, they still go. To, you know, they still go to the library. So maybe, oh, maybe, maybe there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance? We're filling in time. Though he looks at <coughs> chocolate ganache. Yeah. How to? How to? Uh, chocolate ganache. I, I like mean, this beer though. This is fantastic. 
I don't know if it's like no. the combination of the chocolate and the vanilla, but just for like a split second as it's um, going down, I almost get like this, like just this quick hit of coconut. Not like an overpowering coconut, but just like kind of a nice, but it's obviously there's not coconut, but I don't know if that's just the vanilla and the chocolate blending. That tastes like Baker's chocolate. That's that's really I great. Like Ganache is uh, heavy whipping cream, dark chocolate, and butter. It's just oh, okay. adding so cream. It's, more, it's a creamy. Yeah, it's a more creamy. This is a milk stout. So, I was gonna say a chocolate mousse, but I thought I'd look like an idiot, so I didn't. I should have. I'm. With it. You know, it's funny. Like as this opened up, I'm getting a lot less of that sort of cherry and more Ch- creamy, like the lactose. I do get the vanilla on the finish, though. Yeah, I get the van. I feel like I'm now. That's identifying that as vanilla on the nose too but i would say southern grist if you did barrel age some of this in some Ooh. barrels <laughs> that might be fantastic you remember when we used to beg great notion yes. to barrel age double stack and then they did but I, they didn't call it triple stack i wanted them to call it triple <laughs> stack I think, I think they're following us because i dropped the moon pie and uh and reference they, boom next moon thing you pie. know they got a moon pie like out of all the adjuncted stouts that the the Prairie Dog series makes at Prairie, you know, Mark's like, how about a moon pie? And then like the next week, Great Notion's like, and announcing the moon pie stout we I have. I think they're listening. Southern yeah. Grist for your fifth anniversary. For, think about it now. 24 <laughs> months in barrels. Barrel. barrel and you're in Tennessee, so you should be able to get barrels. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. For sure. I think they could do that. I like this. It is very chocolatey. This is one of those beers that's good that you're splitting it with friends. Oh, yeah. What's this weigh in? A lot of chocolate. What's it weigh in? Uh, I that. 10. AGB. I thought it was 10%. Some right in there. Yeah. The label's really yep. nice, you 10-1. know, in terms of their third anniversary. So is this in any um, proximity at all to Bearded Iris? Um, yeah, just an Uber ride away. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Uh, yeah, they're pretty close. Given Nashville traffic. So. I've not spent a lot of time in Nashville. It's actually on my list of places that I want to go and hang out. You we should probably do a podcast trip. We we probably should. Yeah. You know. A lot of people think it's like a bachelorette capital, but it's gonna now be a podcast yeah. capital. And we have a we can get a free place to stay. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Spartan would yeah. let us stay there. Do you think um, and we could always get these guys. You can always ask, like, hey, you want to sit down and podcast? I mean, we're we're kind of a big deal. I mean, <laughs> we talked to Urban Chestnut and seemed and to bearded seem, owl. Yeah, I'm not going to release it yet, but I did talk to a brewery in Chicago um, in the last week uh, through a friend that actually knew the owner, and we we've got that set up. He wants to sit down and chat, so we'll probably do a destination uh, podcast. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and I've been following them on uh, Instagram for a while, and they have a fantastic setup and the brewer's got a, a very impressive pedigree yeah. in, his, in his background so uh we'll release that at a later date yeah i need to know before i go how do you say would you like to be on a podcast in german french and flemish and i'll see how i do <laughs> yeah. google translator <laughs> can you translate how do you say podcast <laughs> yeah i think it'll be a, i think it'll make for a busy summer we're all itching to get the summer started. Summer started at this point in the Midwest. It's been a very long winter. And nothing would please us all more than to start getting out 
talking to f- some more folks. And looking at the smoker, right? I mean, or at least my the poor grill. thing has been Ugh. in hibernation mode. I mean, I've wanted to try to get it out at some points, but just you walk outside, you're like, nah, nah, it, not it's it's been tough. It's been a tough uh, <laughs> grilling season for me. For one, the weather has been awful, but just uh, just the schedule of life has been <laughs> like it's been crazy with you've got basketball. Yeah, it's just it's every chance you think you're going to have to spend some time grilling and you got an athletic kid. What are you going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, poor me. <laughs> hey, just real quick while I'm thinking about meat though, uh, two weekends ago, um, we went to, uh, with, a with a couple of, uh, other friends, we went to, uh, connected. Yes. And, uh, I had probably one of the best steaks I've had in pure in a long time. It was a dry aged, uh, ribeye and ordered it uh medium rare and it it came out perfect and it was melt in your mouth that 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 dry aged beef is just so like it's so different than a fresh steak it's it's just like an overwhelming like beef in your face with like but it's almost kind of like this like fatter fatty buttery melt in your mouth it's just oh so good. I just props to just a shout out local to uh, connected. Yeah, very well done. And coming from you in Peoria, that says a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's having that dry aged um, steak. Not a lot of people are doing that. Yep. So and doing it well. Uh, yeah. And it was, you know, that, that they're just they're doing a very good job there. The service was fantastic. Uh, the cocktails were great. Um, obviously, uh, my my meal was very memorable so probably probably one of the better meals i've had in peoria nice yeah that's always a solid place to go so i guess we switched to food real quick so Mm -hmm. as we were mentioning spartan and buddy so um also obviously we've mentioned him a food and a a beer guy so as you're going to nashville you're going with spartan you're going to a beer festival it's from 12 to 4 well it sounds like you've got both lunch and dinner that he's going to plan um, so lunch place called 51st North, uh, kitchen and bar. Nice. Like just do a great job at like, you know, normal, what you want before you're going to a beer festival I'd like some breakfast tacos or something or some nachos or something like that. And so then, uh, in true Spartan style and Nashville style, new Nashville style, not when I lived there. Um, new, the new Nashville. Yeah. New yeah Nashville. Certainly. This is I didn't a, know that was a thing. Did not exist 10 years ago when I okay. lived there. Uh, it was a place called Cha Table. Um, which is, I would call it elevated Indian street food, which you're pure. Yeah. Ooh. I'll call it, take that. Things we're not going to get in Peoria for a thousand right there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I just like, you know, four guys had been, or six guys had been drinking at a beer festival and then you're going to go to like, yeah, let's go have some upscale Indian street food and just phenomenal food. It was Indian food, like, you know, you had some samosas, but they're done, like, super well. And so these things that come out, some things that are kind of surprising, like, never had that before. But, you know, um, a really good meal. So that uh, is, this, it's kind of interesting in Nashville. This, this, the chef, she's been on TV. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce her name. Moves to Nashville, like, four or five years ago. Opens four either Indian or Indian-inspired restaurants mm-hmm. and a brewery. Uh, Mantra Artisan Ales in, uh, in the Nashville area, if anybody's heard of that, is also owned by her um, wow. and, and her kind of group. So, yeah, kind of, yeah. The, 
things that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago is when I lived there was a, all, all of, none of those restaurants were there, but um, this place, Chai Table, cl- very close to Bearded, Bearded, uh, sorry, to Southern Grist. Southern Grist. Um, but, you know, pretty close to, to all of them on there on kind of the downtown to west side. I, I love to see these cities that are, I mean, they're they're big cities, but like you're saying, they're, they're, some of these are changing. They're, they're Cultural new. hubs. Yeah, yeah and uh, my brother lives uh, in a, in the outskirts, the suburbs of uh, Charlotte, and I feel like Charlotte is experiencing that same growth and just rejuvenation, and, you know, it's yeah. just blowing up with microbreweries and restaurants and, you know, uh, craft coffee bars, and right. just, it's, I think that's yeah. exciting to see. And, and also something from someone who would live in Charlotte or, or Nashville is like, oh, you went and you had biscuits and shrimp and grits. And I was like, nah, I had, this is the new South. I had upscale Indian street food. Yeah. I had <laughs> Southern in style, in, had, Southern I had, inspired I had, Indian street right, food. Yeah. I had Indian Southern grits fusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is that I can, I can say that that is one style of food that I am yearning for that I just don't get satisfied here period correct period yeah and it's almost at a point now where it's, it's a tough i fight. kind of forgot how good indian food usually mm. is and the spices and stuff like the it. best thing i've probably made is or had is stuff that we've made here at home i was about to say if you want yeah you, you just you got to make it yourself yeah you look at man two words flavor bomb when i when yeah I, when i think of indian food it's just I think of flavor bomb. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like overwhelming, just huge amounts of flavor. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a, with some balance. I mean, but, you can't but, get something super but hot, I do, but if I you do feel mm-hmm. it is somewhere that like we, we seek that out like elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, just cause it's not here. As, there are some places, but not consistent yeah. or that you right. trust. Yeah, sure. Well, speaking of um, North Carolina beers, I know our other friend, Brian, uh, recently made a trip to mm-hmm. Asheville and wants to host an Asheville beer tasting party. So hopefully we'll be able to do that very soon. Um, hopefully Ryan will be able to join us soon, although father duties call and when they call, you're going to be there. Um, sure. His little girls are the cutest things in the world. So um, enjoy right now and it's okay. You can miss a few podcasts. We still love you. You'll still be invited back. <laughs> <laughs> He'll always be invited back with his cellar too, <laughs> the best cellar in Peoria. Well, that was a thinly veiled reference to like, yes, you are always welcome. You know, but if anyone's not going to get invited back, it's me because it's like, Mark, your 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 cellar is weak. Stop showing up. You know what though? If you continue to barbecue and stuff yeah. the way you do, it's fine. Everyone's invited. This is not an exclusive. Uh, table it's really here. your wit and your charm. Is that what it is? Yeah. And my face for radio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know what it really it, it's your it's your picture taking ability. <laughs> we need not, you on to take pictures. Yeah. I, I kid you not, I was thinking the pictures that I take in Europe, I was like, I'm not gonna post them. Oh, I'll just send them to Mark. Send them to Mark, Mark yeah, to there edit. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And he'll make them look like ten yeah. times better than yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> that that last one you had of the grill and the steak. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the best pictures of like an open flame on a like a steak on an open flame. And I'm like I know that that probably started off looking like a good photo and then it just looked like a million dollar photo when you were done. Yeah, there was a little bit of magic behind that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, no, yeah, I mean, it, you, it, it has w- to be. It looked good to begin with, but right. yeah, you know, you tweak the, tweak the colors and, you know, change the contrast a little bit and wham. I don't know what you do. But the chair of social media right here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cheers, guys. Thanks for sharing um, the, uh, 
beers from Southern Grist Party. I thank Spartan, uh, as always, a loyal listener and friend. And uh, thanks to Urban Chestnut for being great at customer service and knowing what guys like us. Very cool. Yeah, so cheers. Cheers. Cheers.